for me, beauty should just be about enhancing what's already there. And I hate the thought of young girls going on Instagram and thinking, okay, the the further away from my natural appearance I, I look, you know, the more attention I'll get. So the fact that everyone's kind of making this move towards a more natural look Yeah, it's a really nice thing to see and I hope it stays that way. Hello and welcome to another episode of Beauty Boss, the podcast about all things beauty and beyond. I'm Jackie from the team at Girlfriend and of course I'm joined by the lovely Alana. Ahoy, good morning. Morning. Each week we will be bringing you an interview with one of the biggest names in the industry, finding out all of their tips and tricks and delving in deep to find out how they've learned to embrace their own unique beauty. And today we have ultra mega beauty boss babe, Gemma Watts. And of course, as per usual, fails and grails, we won't let you guys down. We won't. It's my fail this week. I've come (laughs) to the table with a fail. Good. About time. Step up. Jackie, tell us your grail. So... I am a bit obsessed at the moment with those little um, exfoliating pads. They come in a nice little round tub and I'm kind of, you know, dipping my fingers into all different brands and finding my one. You heard this. Yes, <laughs> And you, you stepped up. You rose to the occasion. Like the skincare hero I am. You are a skincare hero. And you lent me... No, oh, I just gave them to you. <laughs> I was like, just take these. <laughs> I'm, I'm going through this thing where I'm purging my skincare because I have too much. So I just... I gave these to you. <laughs> the Nordic peel I peel think pads by Skin Iceland. Yeah, I've never heard of the peel pads because usually they're just called the exfoliating pads or the hydrating pads. Peel pads, but these are peel pads. They are. They're incredible. Sixty nine dollars from Mecca, but they're skin changing. Literally, my skin has completely transformed into something that I never thought it could. It's so smooth. My foundation just like glides on now. Um, My breakouts completely disappeared. I can't fault it. They're the bee's knees. And they're vegan too, which is a lovely little You wait until summer because they've got like a real cooling feel as well. They do. I mean, you know that I've wanted a beauty fridge for a while, but these have that cooling effect without even having to go in the fridge. I know. They're amazing. You're welcome, Jacqueline. And the tingle. (laughs) The tingle. Oh, my God. I'm obsessed. Anyway, go. My grail this week is an oldie but a goodie. It is the MAC Mineralized Skin Finish uh, in soft and gentle as a highlighter, Mm. obviously. (laughs) It's not a face powder. (laughs) It's so good. I mean, I go through, you buy a new highlighter, I use it, and then I'm rotating through. I think I was saying to you yesterday, I've got like 14 highlighters open at the moment, which yes. is excessive. My face doesn't need to shine that much. But anyway, it's fine. I but disagree, then, but. You know, so I was like, I'll go back to like an old favorite, test it out, and wear it today, and I forgot how good it is. Like, it can be so subtle, or it can be like blinding, just like, bam, see me from space. I am here. Exactly. It's amazing obsessed with it but unfortunately I also need to tell you about my fail this week yes I'm excited I haven't heard this one yet so I was getting ready you know how sometimes when you're doing your mascara and they get you get like a little glob on the end of one lash all the time how annoying yeah so I just wiped it off Mm. then I went about doing the rest of my thing did my hair got dressed and then I went back to the mirror Mm. And I had like smeared this one little like glob oh, of mascara oh, 
no. all over my oh, face. No. It was like under my eye. It was down my nose. It was oh. on my lip, on my chin. <laughs> I was like, oh, good. Excellent. So I'm late now because I have to redo my entire face because I'm oh, covered in mascara. Because of the glob, the one glob. The glob. The glob got me. The letdown glob. <laughs> it's okay. I was fine though. We can move on. Anyway, we have to get into this chat with Gemma. I can't wait. You may have heard of this one-woman powerhouse. She's a writer, editor, podcaster, and photographer and knows how to create an incredible glowy face. She's always first to know the trends and beauty tech we're about to see and is a go-to for incredible skincare and beauty tips. So please welcome to the podcast, Gemma Watts. The ego boost through the roof. (laughs) Absolutely through the roof. That's what I like to hear. We do our best. Uh, Gemma, you, you wear so many different hats. Like like we just said, podcaster, photographer, editor, writer, even an MC. I mean, you must have a favourite. I, I, I think I have equal favourites. Writing will always be my first love. I studied journalism and I think writing was one of the first things I really loved doing when I was younger and I still yeah. love doing it today. It's sort of my bread and butter. But I love emceeing as well. I think um, perhaps because I'm a bit of an attention seeker, um, <laughs> I'm the product of the theatre. So I just, I think I just like being on stage and having all eyes on me. I think that's what it is. Yeah, yeah. I definitely think both Alana and I can relate to that. <laughs> definitely attention seekers. <laughs> well, we're all in the podcast world. So I think the two come hand in hand, perhaps. Yeah. Indeed. Love listening to our own voices. <laughs> wouldn't we? What's not to love? (laughs) So you started out as a fashion editor. What was it about the beauty industry that made you want to switch gears? I think a few things. I think firstly was how much the fashion industry had changed from when I started. Um, I started writing fashion in about 2011. So when I started, it was very much about, I suppose, being objective about fashion as objective as possible. So it was more about reviewing collections and interviewing the designers and maybe telling more of a story. Mm-hmm. Whereas now with, um, uh, you know, digital, so, um, uh, you know, it's such a visual medium now with Instagram. So it's a bit more about styling and putting an outfit together. And there are so many people that are so good at that, but that's just not my strong suit and it's not what I love. So I felt that with beauty reviewing products, I could still be, a bit gritty with it. I could, um, you know, go a bit heavier with it. Um, and it just felt more like me. Could you sort of give someone um, that wants to break into the beauty industry a piece of advice? I think the the biggest thing for me, and I think it's probably true across all industries, is just start working as soon as you can. I think you need to build up a portfolio. So whether that is a blog, I know a lot of people are turning to Instagram now, but I still think there is so much value in blogging because there are very few ways that you can self-publish long-form written content. So a blog is great just so you've got something to show prospective employers. And I'm a big fan of just the cold email. If you want to get work published, whip up a pitch, show them some examples of work and just put yourself out there because you have absolutely nothing to lose. And what's something that you'd wish that you'd have known before you started in the beauty industry? I think less beauty industry, more digital in general. I wish I'd just known 
that numbers don't really matter. And even obviously we've phased out the likes now, which I'm thrilled with. Yes. I think there was a time when we all, I mean, I can't speak on behalf of everyone, but I certainly agonized over the number of followers that I had and the number of likes I was getting on posts. And then Mm. in the last, I would say two years, the pennies kind of dropped. And I realized as long as the content that you're putting out there is good and it offers value of some kind, that's what matters. And if you want to work with brands, that's what they're looking for as well. I definitely know for my myself and, and our own uh, business Instagrams that it, it's a big change removing the, the likes and, yeah, that sort of gratification, I guess you could call. I completely agree with that. And I think, you know, we all placed a lot of onus on when are we posting? Is it peak time? Yes. But I'm really of the belief now that if people want to look at your content, they will seek it out. So it doesn't matter to me now what time I'm posting. If I want to post it, I'll do it because I know the people that care about what I have to say yeah. are going to make their way back eventually. It doesn't matter if it's not in the first 15 minutes. Oh, definitely. That whole quality content sort of thing trumps everything. Yeah, and people are so savvy now they can see if you're posting just for the sake of getting something out there. And I just, yeah, I don't think we can underestimate how clever people are. We can treat (laughs) them with a bit of respect. Do you have a career highlight? I mean, you've done so many different things. Do you have a real proud moment up up until this point? I I mean, there's been a, a few. I'm very, very fortunate and very grateful. I think the moment, the the big one or I'll say big two, um, have been this year emceeing Mechaland was a real career highlight because it was just everything that I really, really love coming together. Um, And also speaking at um, Vogue Codes was pretty unbelievable. Amazing. just because of the group of people that I was surrounded by. Mm -hmm. Another one that does come to mind was end of 2017, I was in Mecca's holiday campaign and I remember getting that call having Mm. shopped at Mecca for as long as I've loved beauty, which is a very long time. (laughs) It's just the kind of thing you you just don't ever think it's going to happen. Mm. So that was my first big gig with them and it was the biggest pinch me and I thought, okay, where to from here? (laughs) Um, And (laughs) I mean, here we are, but at at that time and I still look back at that and think yeah okay that was the moment when I thought this this could actually work yeah and I mean you've grown your glow journal brand now I suppose it's a it's an entire brand um <laughs> into a beauty kind of powerhouse with an incredible Instagram feed with amazing reviews thank you a podcast and an incredible blog um I mean how did you go about launching them all which came first so what happened was I I left my fashion job because I was doing a lot of freelance beauty copywriting. So I spoke to a web designer and I got a graphic designer on board. And what I originally wanted my website to be, at the time it was just gemkwatts.com, so I, you know, fully rebranded because I thought, <laughs> mm, that sounds a little bit conceited. But, um, <laughs> I, at first I, I thought um, I just want a website to function as a portfolio for my copywriting and photography work. Mm. And then my web designer said, well, you should have a blog functionality on there because firstly, it's good for SEO. And secondly, you're a beauty writer. Why wouldn't you want to have that functionality on there? 
So I did that and then within probably six months I rebranded to Glow Journal because I wanted it to be less of a personal blog and take on more of an editorial focus. So glowjournal.com came first. Then, well, technically Glow Journal Creative came first. I just didn't have a name for it. It was just Gemma Watts Copywriter. So then I rebranded that as well um, and just kept it all cohesive. So at that point it was glowjournal.com was the beauty platform. Glow Journal Creative was the copywriting and photography business. And then in October of last year, I threw the podcast into the mix. So at the moment there's three tiers to it and lots of hats on my head. And yeah, just in case I'm, you weren't I'm busy enough. I'm spring racing with all of these hats. So <laughs> we're all good. And did you ever imagine that Glow Journal would get as big as it has? Oh, absolutely not. Absolutely not. The focus for me, the, uh, it, the audience is – a positive because for me the focus has always been on the copywriting business because I think that's where there's the most longevity. I'm a really pragmatic person and I you know I think everything through in terms of business. So the fact that I do have an audience on my personal platform is a wonderful bonus and it's a great way for me to drive more traffic to my business. Um, but yeah, I'm just I'm very very lucky and I'm so grateful every day that people actually are you know, invested in a way in what I've got to say that, um, yeah, it, it will never quite sink in for me because it feels really surreal, but I'm very grateful for it. it. It's absolutely insane hearing you talking about all of these different things that, that you're currently working on and you're doing. How do you manage to squeeze it all in one day? It sounds like a lot, but I think because it's all beauty it all feels I mean it's all fun there's that whole saying that you know if you love what you do you'll never work a day in your life which I don't believe in I think if you love what you do you'll work harder than you've ever worked before because you want to make it Mm -hmm. into something but it all being beauty makes it feel all really cohesive no matter which tier of the business I'm working on Um, but it's just time management it's just looking at what you've got on for the day or for the week or even for the month and just prioritizing there are ways to make these things work yeah and on to the podcast have you you've had some incredible people on I've loved listening to them all (laughs) oh thank you that's so nice of you (laughs) but have you had a favorite guest so far oh I've had so many um one that I really really loved was Kate Morris from Adore Beauty Um, I think it was a bit of a different interview because she doesn't have a brand as such. So we weren't talking about the science of beauty. It really was just a focus on business. And she is such an incredible businesswoman. And I have admired her from afar for such such a long time. So to be welcomed into her space and to have that time to pick her brain was really, really special. But every interview I do, I walk away from it and think these are, these are people behind brands that I've been buying for so many years yeah. and it like it's just a dream to get to sit down with them. So every episode is a real, you know, pinch me sort of moment. You are such a, a beauty queen in everything that you do. Ah. We would love to pick your brain about um, more about beauty. Do you have a favourite beauty trend of all time? I, th- I love that um, – the majority of people, particularly what I'm seeing online, are really embracing this whole skin looking like skin thing. Yeah. But while I think there is there is a real art to 
you know, full coverage and cream contouring and all that. Definitely. It's never felt like me. So, um, yeah, I just – for me, beauty should just be about enhancing what's already there and I hate the thought of young girls going on Instagram and thinking, okay, the the further away from my natural appearance I, I look mm-hmm. – um, you know, the more attention I'll get. So the fact that everyone's kind of making this move towards a more natural look, um, yeah, it's a really nice thing to see and I hope it stays that way. It is. Real heartwarming. (laughs) (laughs) And what do you think was one of the trends that you always kind of admired but just never, never mastered, never got on top of? Oh, winged eyeliner, 100%. I I think perhaps it's because I'm too heavily caffeinated at all times. I can't quite (laughs) master that really precise winged liner. I love that. (laughs) Oh, it just, yeah, it's it's the easiest question for me to answer because I have only just come to terms with the fact that I will never be able to do it. Um, I will always leave that to the professionals, but I love that whole very French look of just – you know, black eyeliner on the top lid and then maybe a sort of stained red lip. Um, mm. But can I pull that off? Absolutely not. And that's <laughs> something that I've only recently reconciled within myself. So working through it, taking it day by day. Um, yeah, one like, one prayer. <laughs> <laughs> Even though you um, you started in fashion, have you always sort of had a soft spot for beauty? Very much so. I think um, – I think it's always been a part of my life. I started dancing when I was three, so wow. stage makeup was yes. something I was very Full familiar force. with. I don't know if the theatrics <laughs> are coming across in just about every aspect of my personality, but I was very across stage makeup and my parents are the opposite of stage parents. So they were like, the second you are old enough to do your makeup for these concerts, you are doing it so we can just sit back and let it happen. So I've yeah, I've just always been fascinated with the idea of makeup to transform you into a character, which is think I think that's why my personal style now is so far away from, you know, the the bright eye shadow and the full coverage because for me that's performance makeup. So mm-hmm. it's always been a part of my life. Yeah, and so with that growing up, did you have a beauty role model role model that you kind of morphed your look on over the years as you grew up? I watched a lot of sort of old films. I loved um, and still love High Society, so I love Grace Kelly, Breakfast at Tiffany's, Audrey Hepburn. I loved all of that and I I think, uh, you know, a lot of that being black and white film, those are colour examples, but from that era it was never anything crazy. It was always just kind of playing up one element, so I've always sort of had that in the back of my head. Mm. Mm. Is there a piece of advice that someone has given you that's sort of stuck in your head over the years about beauty or or any career advice even? I think, um, oh, there's, I mean, there's been so many pearls of wisdom. Um, There's one from the Frank Body Girls that I love, which is if you don't ask, the answer will always be no. Yeah. And I'm I'm pretty sure it was one of their grandmas that passed that on oh, to them. Amazing. Which I just I just love. And I think that's so spot on for really anything in life. If you just mm. sit back and, you know, kind of rest on your laurels, then nothing will happen. You have to put yourself out there. So I love that across yeah, across everything. And then back to beauty. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so if 
obviously th- you're saying that your approach nowadays is more less is more and is it the same for so. your skincare routine? No, my skincare routine is more is more. Um, <laughs> I I mean, the beauty of this job is that I'm trying new products all the time, but I'm mm. very um, strict with what I do with brands. So I have a clause with every brand that I work with, particularly with skincare, that they have to allow me at least three weeks to trial the product. And mm. I try to only trial one product at a time. So if I see a change in my skin, I can isolate which product is making that change. So I'm very, very strict with that. Um, For a lot of people, less is more does work. But I think for a period of time, it was very cool here in Australia for these, you know, naturally beautiful supermodels to be like, you know what, I just splash my face with salt water (laughs) and I get outside in the fresh air and really that's my beauty routine. And I'm over (laughs) here just pouring acid onto my face every night. I just think it's about knowing what works for you. And for me, salt water is not the cure for cystic acne. It's not going to to cure a stress breakout. Hormones are hormones and you've just got to lean into it. Uh, with that, can you talk us through your nightly routine then? So what I do, I, I double cleanse um, yeah. if I've got makeup on, which is – you know, often. Um, so I'll use an oil cleanser first to take the makeup off and then I'll go in with um, something a bit lighter, more like a, I, I tend to stay away from foam cleansers because they don't work for my skin, but I'll go in with something like a cream or even a milk. Um, and then often I'll use a Foreo, um the Luna 3 just for a, a deeper clean. Yeah. Then I will go in with a toner or an essence, which I know a lot of people think is unnecessary. Perhaps it is, but I really like the idea of skincare being a ritual and just sort of taking that time out. So mm-hmm. that's something I love to do. Then I will go in with serums, which I tend to chop and change depending on my skin. I think that might be a good piece of advice for people is to just um, learn to understand your skin and to listen to your skin in the way we listen to our bodies. So I know if my skin is looking a little bit dull or I'm seeing a bit of pigmentation, then I'll pick up a vitamin C to brighten it. But if I'm feeling a bit dehydrated, I'll go in with a hyaluronic acid. So it's just you know understanding what your skin needs. Then I will finish up with an eye cream, and either a night cream or just a sort of heavy duty moisturizer. So it's a process, but I love it. <laughs> well, I love listening to it. I, I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> we're, we're both uh, big skincare fiends over here. So I'm like, that sounds well, like mine. No amount of makeup that can, you know, make up for skin that hasn't been cared for. Oh, 100%. Yeah. You, you mentioned cystic uh, acne and, and hormones. Have you struggled with your skin for your whole life? No, well, I've I've been very lucky. I um I do suffer from hormonal breakouts now, but they're never too bad. I just whenever I feel like complaining, I think, look, you know, you've got it pretty good in the grand scheme of things, which is sort of how I approach life. <laughs> Instead of complaining, I'm like, look at your job, Jem. Just <laughs> get a grip. Um, but I I went through high school with pretty good skin, which I thought, you know, you you come out on that side of high school with good skin and you think, well, I've, I've nailed it. it <laughs> how good is this? And then at about 23, I just got a very a very painful breakout, you know, that type that just hurts. Yeah. Um, 
so then I went to a dermatologist and um, it was it was stress. So stress does all sorts of wacky things to the body and that um, caused my skin to really um, go backwards, which was not <laughs> ideal. Um, but I think from from there perhaps it was a blessing in disguise because that's when I really started listening to my skin, researching, understanding what ingredients worked and what didn't. So I've got it pretty much under control now, but hormones are hormones. Yeah. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? <laughs> yeah. I, there's just there's no way to sugarcoat it, is there? It just, <laughs> they are what they are. You wake up with a new resident on your face and that's that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's a welcome to the party. Absolutely <laughs> no one invited you, but you certainly look like you've set up camp. So here we are. And so if we stranded you on a deserted island and you were only given three products, what would they be? I'm going to say sunscreen, even though that feels like a cop out, but (laughs) sunscreen every single day, even in the winter, I've done it for as long as I can remember. So a 50 plus for me is essential. Um, I don't have a preference over chemical or physical sunscreens. I know that's a big um, topic of debate, but I'm (laughs) like, as long as you're putting your sunscreen on, then great. So that would be one. I would, hmm. Deserted island, I'd take a balm cleanser because conditions – see, this is what I mean by pragmatic. <laughs> conditions on that island, uh, you, there's going to be wind and sand and dust, so I'm going to want to get that out of the pores. Mm-hmm. And then I would also, um, for me, sunscreen and moisturiser are two different steps, so I would take a really – thick, creamy, heavy-duty moisturiser to lock everything in. I wouldn't worry about makeup. Some no. very serious very products. Sensible. Plus you've got yes. that magical salt water. On yeah. The, on the yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> and the sea breeze. Oh, <laughs> my hair will never have looked better. <laughs> and then also what was the last beauty product that you completely emptied out? You know, you got your pinky and scooped it all out, couldn't leave a drop. Uh, <laughs> this is um, a decidedly unglamorous product, but Bondi Sands Tan Eraser. Yes, it's so good. <laughs> it's so good and I've never, like I'm a chronic fake tanner and I an exfoliating mitt or a physical scrub just does not get it off for me. No. So I just <laughs> cover myself in that phone and marinate and I have never found anything else like it. So I go through that like it's, you know, going out of fashion, but I'm, I'm mad for it. <laughs> It's incredible. I'll stand by it. Now, Jackie, I think it is time for our quickfire question. Okay. If you could only use one beauty product for the rest of your life, what would it be? Alpha H liquid gold. I've used it since I was 18 and I'm as obsessed now as I was then. (laughs) You were very prepared. (laughs) Very much so. (laughs) What one word would you use to describe your beauty routine? Oh, I was going to say simple, but that would be for makeup. Um, considered. <laughs> what would be your biggest beauty fail? Uh, overplucking my eyebrows in high school. A classic. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and you've already mentioned your liquid liner, but what was another beauty trend that you've never mastered? For, well, there was a period of time where I was trying to go really hard with just eye makeup in general um, mm. and – too much makes me look a little bit scary. So, 
I've, I think I've got it down pat now, but that's one that takes a little bit of time. Yeah. <laughs> and when do you feel you're most beautiful? I feel like everyone's supposed to say, you know, when I've got no makeup on and I'm feeling comfortable. But honestly, for <laughs> yeah. me, it's if I've had my makeup done by a makeup artist. Yeah. yeah, hair and makeup done and I just feel like I'm up and about and ready to go. Looking schmick. Yeah. <laughs> if you could give um, your 16-year-old self one piece of advice, what would that be? Stop overplucking your eyebrows. I know <laughs> that boy said you've got a monobrow, but they are going to become your greatest asset and just you wait. I honestly think if my eyebrows didn't look the way they do now, I wouldn't have a job. I think that's the money maker. So when you shake your money maker, you're just wiggling your eyebrows. Oh, absolutely. I'm raising them up and down. Thank you so much, Gemma. It's been amazing. Oh, thank you for putting up with me. <laughs> I had the easy job. What a super cool lady. I love her. So good. So funny. So genuine. Amazing. She knows everything too. I was just about to say. <laughs> also, do you think I could start my own beauty empire? Yes. Should I do it? Yes. But will you do it with me? That's three yeses. Okay. Straight for the yes. grand final. All we need. <laughs> That's all we have time for today, girlfriends. So please make sure you subscribe to the podcast so you can listen to us every single week. Please rate and review the podcast. It means we can get into more ear holes every week. And don't forget to check us out on our Instagram at Beauty Boss Podcast. And drop us a line. Tell us what you want to hear more of and who you want to hear it from. And next episode, we'll be bringing you another amazing interview with another one of our favorite beauty girl bosses. So make sure you tune in. But, but until, until then, then, don't forget to make sure you're getting regular foundation shade matches. Bye. Bye.